Welcome to another episode of the On the Clock NFL Draft. Sorry, NFL Draft Podcast. I'm Shannon here with Eugene and Damian. How are you guys today? I'm good. I'm chilling. Excited. Happy Draft Eve. Maybe it's like a kid waiting on Christmas. You feel me? Yeah. Man, it's just uh, especially with all the, you know, just no sports for the past 30, 40, Uh 60. 3,000 days that we've been on quarantine. Yes. Um, like, this is what I've been waiting for. And all of the, the the smoke screens and everything else that's been talked about. Jerry Judy's knee and... Uh, oh, his knee is broken off. <laughs> Nobody's going... He's going to fall to the seventh round. Okay. Wait a minute. Oh, okay. Like, you you go out there and, and you're out here crossing up guys and, and making dudes fall and you got knee issues? Man. And you got... And, and, and let Lost me tell you, nice. the story broke from uh, Natalie Eganoff. A.K.A. Uh-huh. Carol Baskins. <laughs> A.K.A. Carol Baskins. <laughs> damn Carol Baskins. Uh, let me tell you about Natalie. Um, Natalie is a, well, Natalie, Natalie works at the Sports Talk Radio uh, uh, place up, in, up here in Philly. She does uh, news updates and score updates mm-hmm. at the top of the hour. Okay. They allow her about three sentences to talk about sports, and then they cut her mic off. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I'm not. So you know, I mean, that's, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that Natalie is an official source, but um, has but honestly. Sources? Or, yeah, or has any official sources, or and if she does have a source, they're using her to put out a smokescreen. Mm-hmm. But with that said, what she said is true. What she said is actual factual is actually factual. Uh, Jerry Dewey does have a knee injury, but he had it in 2018, mm-hmm. and since then, uh, his doctor has sent a uh, written letter. Uh, signed, uh, uh, signed, signed by his doctor, a written letter signed by his doctor, going through his rehab process, going through his progression and all that. He sent it to all 32 teams. So all 32 teams already knew about his knee injury and were already cool with it. So, I mean, the only thing that somebody, that a, a few teams were worried about was the longevity of his career because they said they, they break it up into two things. Is he a one-contract player or is he a two-contract player? And certain teams were wondering whether he was a one contract player, meaning the first five years and that's it. But I mean, all that is taken with a grain of salt is BS to make him fall down because some team maybe at 21 wants him. So, right, right. That's, that's all I got yeah. from it. That's all I got from it. It was just yeah. somebody is trying to push his value down. Uh, and we see mm-hmm. it every year, though. We see it every yeah, year. It happens every year. Laramie somebody, Tunsil with the mask oh, and all somebody, that. Somebody yep. did him dirty with that one. Um, yeah. You know Lyle saying? Collins just, killed somebody. Right. Yo, and it was completely false. This man it was undrafted, yeah, he? Yeah, he didn't get drafted Who? at all. Leo Collins from, um, from Leo LSU, Collins, yeah. Uh, for the Dallas it was Cowboys. totally bogus. He was like yep. a, you never heard about team. it again after that. He had like a second-round grade, if I'm not mistaken. And, first round grade. Yeah, first, second round grade. And then when mm-hmm. this thing broke, it broke the week of the draft, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And yep. it caused him because it, was enough, it wasn't enough time for anyone to do an investigation mm-hmm. before the draft to know if it was false or you know true or false. And he went yeah. and drafted. And it was just like, yeah. 
what? Like it was some, crazy. Someone ruined this man's stock and cost, cost him, him millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Granted, yes, he played uh, long enough to recoup and get more, but he could have been at least a second round pick. Yeah, and they he lost a lot of money, man. A Somebody lot of cost money. him a bunch of money. Yeah, so it's it just crazy. like it happens every year. So I'm like, Jerry, mm-hmm. like my thing is this. He, he was at the combine. He went through the medicals. All the coverage from the from the combine. No one said anything. No one red flagged him. All mm-hmm. the all, all the medicals that were done at the, at the combine. No red flags. Interesting. So now this comes out the draft eve or the day before dr- the draft eve. Come on, man. It just so, happened to come out the day before the draft. Hmm. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good on that. Sorry, that's Carol not Baskins. a coincidence, is me. it? You got your husband, Carol Baskins. You're not getting me. Um, Fed <laughs> <laughs> them to the Tigers. They stack <laughs> You're not going to get me, especially talking about my guy, Jerry Judy. It's not happening. I'm not Mm-mm. believing it. The devil is a liar, and I'm not going to believe mm-hmm. it. Um, but, I'm, not here, I'm not here for the Jerry Judy blasphemy. No, we're not yeah. doing that. We're not, I think CeeDee Lamb did it. I think it's CeeDee Lamb. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was CeeDee Lamb's camp. Like, yeah, I heard Jerry Judy. That's possible. You know what I'm saying? I heard my boy Judy got a knee issue. You know, we work out. We talk a lot. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You said he got some soreness in that knee after surgery. It's been two mm. years. I'm just saying. You know, see, mm-hmm. Lamb, I expected better. I expected better from you, bro. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but nah. Um, yeah, oh, but, man. So tonight, we're just going to um, have a quick show, talk about what's been happening, which is Gronk. Unretiring to be traded to the Buccaneers. We'll talk about that. React to that, and then also OJ Howard. Um, what do we what do we think is going to happen with him? Um, so Damian, you want to start? What do you think about the Gronk trade? Uh the, the the there was a for me. I was I was shocked at how fast it went down. Um, because out of nowhere, it just it broke. Gronk wants to unretire. He wants to go to the Buccaneers, and I did a a, a piece on the Dynasty Draft Room. Um, a couple about two weeks ago. Four trades I would have liked to see happen, and uh, one of the trades that I wanted to put in there, or did I put? I did put it in there. Julian, I think it was Julian Element to the Buccaneers. Um, I wanted to see Element go to the Buccaneers because at the end of the day, they have two high end starters with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. But who is their number three as a receiver, uh, just from the mm-hmm. receiver position? And because um, Adam Humphreys is in Tennessee, so they needed a third option. And for Julian Edelman to be 32, 33 years old, uh, 10 drops a season the past two years, taking that pressure off of him as the num- de facto number one, that's perfect. Then this Gronk stuff comes out, and I'm like, whoa, like, is this really going to happen? And Gronk retires. And I knew from the moment that it, that it started, I said, okay. A lot of people will, will wonder, well, Belichick doesn't have to do it. I said, no, Belichick does. Because if he doesn't do it, that's $10 million that he does not have you know was it prepared to pay yeah uh-huh. prepared to pay that he has to dish out and you know Gronk Gronk is Gronk muscled his way out of that trade two uh two years ago so he's mm-hmm. I'm not playing unless it's with Brady and, and and Belichick said okay that's fine I guess we can't trade you then they went on to win the Super Bowl um so and I think Gronk <laughs> actually uh I think Gronk you know was the reason had the, the big catch in, in the Super Bowl that year if I'm not mistaken so I, I I gotta see what he comes. What, what Gronk are you gonna get? I'm not saying you're gonna get 25 year old Gronk. Ah, uh, no, you're mm-hmm. not getting that. No. Nope. Gronk did say nope. is, you know, <laughs> Gronk did say 
his body is is 100 healthy. You know, being away mm-hmm. from the game um, and the rigors of it, and of course now with this ex- extended off season, guys can work out on their own, but they don't have to show up to mini camp and uh, mandatory, you know, uh, mandatory workouts mm-hmm. and voluntary workouts, then training mm-hmm. camp. Then pre- they don't have to do all of that, and I think that help, that's going to help a lot of guys' bodies, but especially for Gronk, he has that year, year and a half now. Um, to not play football at, at you know and start the off season, I think it's a good trade for them because um, at the end of the day you have to think about the implications of it. All right, Gronk's gonna be up the seam, right? That's what he he lived and died in the seams uh, against defenses. Mm-hmm. But that's back when they could. Tri- that was back when they were double and triple teaming him. There's no chance of that now. You can't no. do that now. You got to double team either Chris Godwin or Mike Evans, and yeah. The problem is going to be is when that extra safety shades over to to the other side, and if you do go to one to, to that single high, uh, you know, cover one type of look, you're in trouble. In, in that team, in the seams, you're tr- you're in trouble because Brady yeah, knows you got the Gronk. Ball that Gronk knows how to get it. Yep. Yeah, you got Gronk against a safety or a linebacker. I mean, you got a mismatch. But I mean, the big question is. Which Gronk are you, like you said, like which Gronk are you getting? Are you getting Gronk from five years ago when he had eleven hundred yards receiving? Or are you getting Gronk from last year when he was in a wrestling ring or something like that? So I mean and you gotta think where how is he gonna put that weight back on? Because he uh-huh. lost a ton of weight yeah, he when he, lost a lot of when he retired. How is he gonna bring that weight back? Is it gonna be good weight? And you gotta think, Gronk is thirty. So I mean, so you gotta manage your expectations <laughs> with him. And uh, how how you going to expect him to be? But I mean, if honestly, if he if he comes in and he gives you, um, if he makes himself a viable threat that the defense has to, the defense has to react to every time he moves, then I mean, it was worth the trade. I think. Was- yeah, I think I think off his name alone, until yeah. he shows otherwise, he's going to get that respect. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that's, that's a great point, Shane. The part that I thought about as well, even even though he was a shell of himself as a receiver per se uh, in his last year, he was still a dominant run blocker. And for a mm-hmm. team that most likely, I mean, I, I have a, I have one or two backs in mind. Uh, one's from LSU, the other's from Memphis, and Antonio Gibson and mm. Clyde Edwards Hilaire to to yeah. put into. Because, you know, Bruce Arians doesn't believe in just a, a single back bell cow like that. But you know. Brady can say, listen, you get me one of these talented dual threat type of guys. And that works, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And pair him with, uh, with Rojo, Ronald Jones, and we really yeah, can do and, something. We yeah, and Rojo wasn't terrible. No, he wasn't. He, I mean, to me, he was better than what Sonny Michelle was in, in New England. Yeah. Uh, Sonny Michelle was a shell of himself from his rookie year. So I think What's wrong with him? Is he hurt? Is, is Sonny uh, Michelle hurt? He he looks like a total different player from his last year in college where they, you know, remember the the historic Rose Bowl game against Baker Mayfield and, mm-hmm. and company yeah. to, you know, his his rookie year, he had over 900 yards. Last year he had like 927 mm-hmm. or something like 927. Mm-hmm. But still, he's what well, he's become fullback dependent and – in today's uh, NFL, that's a problem. If you can't right. create on your own, like I think that knee injury has taken some of his explosiveness, some of his wiggle, mm. some of his elusiveness. Mm-hmm. So it's like mm-hmm. once he gets going, like okay, he's hard to stop. But 
he's got to get going. He got to get going. The start, the start, stop explosion is yeah, exactly. There. It's it's just not there. Uh, Short area quickness is not there. It, it, it was a lot. It, it was a lot that it just kind of it comes and goes, you know. And mm-hmm. so I think what well, Gronk is going to can help them in the run game for sure, because um, they they need that, you know. But at the same time, Eugene, to your point, you know, him putting on that weight and getting back into football shape. The great part of it, great. We don't know exactly what's going to happen with the tight. We're going to talk about that in, in a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But think about it. If they keep, if they keep all three tight ends, Cameron Brait, who they just recently mm-hmm. paid, or Jay Howard, yep. and Gronk, they can work Gronk in periodically, like slowly. Yeah. And, and have him on snap count. Because we know what we know. We know more than anything. The one thing Brady would love to have is a healthy, ready to go Gronk come postseason. Yep. If he, because exactly. Gronk has always upped his game in the playoffs. And, you know, similar to J- Julian Edelman, they've upped their game in the playoffs. So if Gronk can slowly work himself back and then get into the playoffs and uh, and becomes a legit weapon for them, that's where mm-hmm. the problem lies in for other teams. Oh, yeah. Because you can't cover all three. If they go, they go into a three tight end set, it's nothing you can do with that. At the, in the goal mm-hmm. line, you go run the ball, you can, you know, Split them all. You can split all three wide. You know what I'm saying? It's so many different things that you can do from a versatility standpoint. Cause serious matchup problems. Exactly. But it's all depending on if they keep OJ Howard, which, you know, we don't know. They should. Yeah, you just made up a good point. I didn't even think about that. Because I was so hell bent on thinking they probably would trade OJ. But that's a good enough reason to keep him. Yeah, man. Listen, I w- if I'm if I'm the Buccaneers, I'm keeping all three of them. Yeah, I'm doing too. twelve personnel all day long. Mm-hmm. Mm. You have to deal with me. You're gonna have to deal. We're gonna we're yeah. gonna we're gonna bring a physical style of football to Tampa. Get yourself mm-hmm. a, a, you know a second running back and, and, and pound the rock. Tom Brady's one of the best play action quarterbacks we've seen. Um, you know when he has a viable run game, he's his play action sales are ridiculous. So that's yeah. like, it's even even when the even when the, the down and distance doesn't call for a run, and he play actions it, linebackers step up anyway. You still got to react to it. You yeah. React to it, and then here come and that's the part where Gronk really kicks in is when they when he when they run that that play action and he snaps his head back after faking the ball to the running back. Gronk is cutting mm-hmm. right behind those linebackers on that exactly. over route or that post route or up the seam. And it's like a 10, 15, 20-yard gain without anybody yeah. even touching Gronk. So, yeah. um, and you got to think about it, Like, they come out in 12 personnel. Say, like, it's third and six, and they come out in 12 personnel. You got Gronk and OJ on both sides of the line. And you want, then you got Chris Godwin and Mike Evans on, on, the, on the outsides. It's like, who do you want to beat you? That's all you got. I mean, the defense is left with their hands tied behind their back mm-hmm. because – you know, who, who, who do you want to beat you? Just pick the mismatch, and we'll just go to that. And on top of that, it's going to help the running game because Gronk can block, O.J. Howard can block, Cameron and block. you got you got Ronald Jones in there and possibly another uh, draft pick coming in. So they can run the ball on you if, you, if yeah, they want to. It's a good it's a good fit. It's just like like you said, you just got to temper expectations. You can't come out there yeah. and think, you know, you can't, you know, Tampa. And then listen, I, one thing I won't say is because I saw this last year with the Browns. A lot of people were trying to, like, the actual Browns have some real actual faithful fans. And people were trying to, like, you know, kind of just kill their joy. Let Teams that have been bad for a long time, 
Let their fans be let happy. Let the dog pound live. Let their mm-hmm. fans be happy, let the, bro. Like, yeah, so let the dog the pound live, especially Browns fans. If the Bucks fan base feel like, hey, we got a chance to win a championship, until they don't, let them feel that way. Now, they go 0-8, right. then you can get them. You know, you can drag them in that case. I mean, they deserve it at that case, but, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I think that when you have fan bases like the Browns and the Bucks who haven't had a lot of success, they're they're happy at for any anything any little bit mm-hmm. anything any little thing that happens is gonna they be happy with a first down exactly right. um so <laughs> I don't know I don't I feel like what I think they went seven and nine last year the Bucks yeah mm-hmm. seven and nine last year not they a lost, bad seven and nine either right no they lost a lot of close games so they could have won more I think with Tom Brady Gronk you can they'll probably win about ten games I can see that I don't see why not. Because you just got division. Yeah. You can win seven games with Jameis with all of the turnovers he had and plus exactly. the yards and touchdowns. If you have Tom Brady being more of a game manager, I think you can get the ten wins with no problem. Yeah. Yeah. Because in that division you got Carolina in flux. You got Atlanta in flux. Only thing only person you really gotta worry about is is, is New Orleans. So yeah, I mean, they can make some noise in that division. Yeah. I mean, like you said, the end of the but the thing about it is you have to you have to round out your roster. In the next mm-hmm. three days, the next three days, you know, you got you need to pick, um, you know, whether it's Andrew Thomas, which I think should be the, I think he's the guy that will be there. Andrew Thomas, yeah. you know, because he's not running a crazy forty or jumping high in the vertical at, at, at the underwear Olympics in, in Indy. Um, Don't people matter. Forgot how good of a prospect he he, he is, and yeah. so he falls to to number fourteen to them. I I, I dare I say you go into free agency. If I'm Tampa Bay and I go holler at Jason Peters and I say, Hey, you, you want a chance to, to play? Jason Peters is on the market. If I can bring him mm-hmm. in, especially as a, as a, as a mentor to Andrew Thomas, I'm yeah. bringing Jason Peters in and, I, and I'm giving him both of them the chance to start on opposite sides. And he's a free agent, right? Yeah. He's a free yeah. agent right now. Okay. So, yeah. you know, you got, you know, you have a good defensive line, you know, they're going to stuff the run. And they're going, they're going to get after the passer. Their linebacker core is one of the more athletic ones in the league. Um, the, the the secondary is young. But, again, I mean, and then you just need to get another running back. You can do that in the second round. You know what I'm saying? J.K. Dobbins or Jonathan yeah. Taylor. You can get one of those guys. You can go and, all the way to the fourth and find a running back. To, yeah, to, to be honest, Zach Moss. I know a lot of people. Mm-hmm. There's some people that don't believe in Zach Moss. Me, I, I'm a believer of the Moss. Um, you know, he, he, he can play. And um, he's a mm-hmm. physical runner, and he's got soft hands catching the football. So yeah. um, I'm a firm believer in anybody with the last name Moss is a good football player. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, it, it, it fits. It fits. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, they can uh, first. First and foremost, I think the most they gotta protect Brady because he's not gonna. He's got pocket mobility, but he's. 47 years old you gotta protect that man make sure that he has the the comfortability in a pocket so he can sit back and make his reads so first and foremost they they gotta protect him and plus bruce arians likes to attack down the field and what do you need when you're attacking down the field you need time yeah so at first and foremost they protect brady they got they got enough weapons like as is they got enough weapons to be a dangerous team exactly so i think so i think yeah so i think they invest heavily in the offensive line I agree. So, Shannon, what is Dark? So, should he be traded? OJ? 
Well, I tell you right now, I would not trade OJ. And I look I look directly at the numbers. I look at the money and OJ's still on his rookie contract. Yeah, he is. still got a yeah, he still he got this year and 2017. Yep. Yep. And he got this year and he got next year if they use the fifth year option. True. So I mean, you got him on cheap rookie contract. Why? Why? Why move him? And I and I then looked at Cameron Brake's contract. They paying this dude seven mil. And if they trade Cameron Brake, they save four mil, no cap, no dead cap money at all. Wow. So if they're gonna move somebody, I say move Cameron Brake because he's give he giving you what two three hundred yards a season receiving. Not even starting anymore. Last year he played thirty seven percent of the snaps. And you paying this man seven million dollars? <laughs> I say trade this dude and save you four million dollars and don't take the cap it instead of instead of trading OJ Howard. Now OJ Howard is going to get you more in return. I think so. So he'll get you like maybe a third round pick or something like that. But I don't I don't I don't think you're I mean if I'm if I'm the Bucks, you're in win now mode. You got you got forty year old Tom Brady. You got thirty year old Gronk, who's on a one year deal. You need to win now. Yeah. Right. So I'm keeping I'm keeping OJ Howard. Yeah, I'm keeping OJ Howard, and I'm pairing him with Gronk. I'm doing twelve personnel all day long, and I'm just gonna and if I can, I'm gonna move Cameron Brake. If not, then I'm just gonna sit there and make him my third tight end. So you guys so, made me I think mean, about you guys had me thinking about keeping all three because at first I was thinking yeah. trade OJ because he probably has he'll he'll be worth more in a trade, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But you make a good point about Grunk because we don't know which Grunk is gonna be there. You don't wanna put him in a position where you're you're expecting him to do a whole lot more, then he gets injured, gets hurt, and can't help you when you really need him. So if you keep all three, it's like Damien says, you can really just work Grunk in. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. later in the year as the year go in in situational uh on a situational basis, yeah, and I think that'll be beneficial. So, I really think now, like the more we talk about it, I think they should just keep all three. I think they should keep him, let Grant round in the shape, let him get himself in the football shape, mm-hmm. um, let him put that weight back on, let him get accustomed to getting back into the football life. It, it just makes sense because you're not going to expect like week one, you're not expecting Grant to be Grant and dominate the game. Mm-hmm. So you you want to ease him in. And then plus you gotta, you know, you gotta get used to his drinking and partying habits too. <laughs> Bruce Arians probably Bruce Arians will probably drink with him. They probably have good time together. You know what? Bruce Arians will definitely be out with him drinking. Yeah, they have like Bruce ball. like Bruce is about that life. Yeah, he was I like him. Bruce oh I mean, I love Bruce Arians. Bruce is OG. Yes, he is a whole team. Like he was here at Temple and I love the fact that he surrounded himself with his own people yeah. out out there. I mean, uh, it, everybody there is somebody that he knows, a temple guy or somebody that he knows. And I love the fact that he's done that out there. And he's an excellent coach, by the way. Yeah. He's an excellent yeah, coach. Yeah, I, I became a huge Bruce. fan of his watching um, the All or Nothing, but the season about the Cardinals. Oh, mm-hmm. I said, oh, I said, oh, yeah, I'm a fan of his. Like, I was really a fan watching him do his thing there. And I love that yeah. he gives uh, black coaches the opportunity, you know, yeah, black yeah, offensive coordinator, black defensive coordinator. So, yeah, Bruce Arians mm-hmm. is cool in my book. Yeah. yeah funny thing about funny thing about him is that he wanted to when the Eagles had uh got rid of Andy Reid, he wanted he wanted to be the coach here. And he was almost there. He was talking to Jeffrey Lurie, the owner and all that. He wanted to be the coach here. He wanted to be the coach here bad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they went the Chip Kelly route. And 
after that, Bruce Arians was pissed off. He's like, I'm going to bust y'all ass every time I play y'all. And he tried mm-hmm. to every time. He tried to. And let, like, let, me, every... let, me ask, let me ask y'all this, though, because you just mentioned Chip Kelly. And we were talking mm. about Belichick before we started recording the show. Do you think that do you think that Chip Kelly has some Belichick in him as far as thinking like no. like Skip Skip always says that Chip Kelly acts like he's the smartest man in the room. He acts and then the and then when we were talking about Belichick, I forgot exactly what the what the term was about um him thinking he's a genius or whatever whatever was said. He tries too hard. Mm-hmm. So to tries show too hard. Is that different from Chip Kelly? Because when Chip Kelly came to Philly, it seemed like he wanted to put his mark on everything. He did. The thing about Chip is he acts like he's the smartest guy in the room, but he's not actually the smartest guy in the room. Mm-hmm. So the the real smart people in the room are looking at like, look at this idiot acting like he's the smartest guy in the room. Right. So and the thing and the thing with Chip was he had he had his the reason why he failed as a coach is because he had his scheme. And nothing was over his scheme. Everything mm-hmm. he valued his scheme over everything. And once the NFL figured out his scheme, he, couldn't he didn't have a counterpunch for it. Right. He did. He just he just wanted to keep on doing the same thing over and over and over again, thinking that it's going to work. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, with Chip Kelly, is he has um, he has social issues. Mm. He he's not what he wasn't well liked. In, in the offices where he worked at in Philly, he would, you know, it's, 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 oh my God, it's a million and one stories about how people would, you know, you, you know, when you, when you're working with somebody, you see them uh, in the morning, you say, Hey, good morning. What's going on? How you doing? People would say good morning to Chip first mm-hmm. when they see him walking past in the hallway and he don't say good morning back. He don't speak to him. Hmm. And that, you know, that rubs people the wrong way. Like I say, good morning yeah. to this person and, they didn't speak to me at all. And and the problem with, with that was he would talk down to people. He talked down to reporters. He pissed off a lot of people in this organization. And I can't believe it. And he didn't, do any, he, he didn't do any better when he went to the 49ers either. Yeah, he didn't do it. And the minute he pissed off the owner, that's why he got fired on a Tuesday. <laughs> that, uh, but you know was, what? That, that makes me think about um, the Cardinals head coach, though, because when the season first started last year... Uh, everybody was seeing the type of offense that the Cardinals wanted to run, but it really mm-hmm. wasn't working. It wasn't equating to wins, should I say. And mm-hmm. as time went on, he did change up a little bit. Doesn't mean that he won't get back to what he wants to do, but for the, main, the meantime, while we're in this season, let me let me figure out what we can do that's going to work. And I yeah. think that, that that's how the Cardinals got a lot better late in the year, kind of getting away from what the coach wanted to do and just doing what they could do. You can only do what you're personnel allows you to do. And that that's a yeah. very good statement and it's a very good point, Shannon, because and I and I, I keep hyping up those card the Cardinals and I want to see them do the right thing. And when I say the right mm-hmm. thing, that means go offensive line. I don't care I know Kyler Murray wants his boy C D Lamb in Arizona with DeAndre Hopkins with no tell Kyler, young fella Chill. You were sacked forty eight times last year. Mm-hmm. I legit and you can run I legit watched Aaron Donald manhandle you while you tried to run by him because he mm-hmm. whooped the guard so bad. No, mm-hmm. we're not going to CD Lamb. We're yeah. going to get you yeah. some protection so that we can take our three interior guys and they can double team and do things like that, and we can leave the yes. guys in the perimeter one-on-one. Um, exactly. We got to send a back and chip or tight end and chip. We can do that. But the interior guys, that's, what the, that's why it's so important 
that have good tackles. Tackles can can handle themselves, and you can throw a yes. guy like a running back on the route and have him chip and then release out. You could take the the tight end, and when he's when he's when he pops out of his stance, his first move is to chip the D end. He you could you could help them like that. But the mm-hmm. interior, if you leave these guys one on one with the Aaron Donalds, you know what I'm saying? Mm. With some of these like interior pass rushers, it's a pro- it's it's a problem. It is a flat out yeah. problem because these guys yeah, the biggest... they they lose they miss if they if that one guy misses it's over. Mm-hmm. Like, it's mm-hmm. over. Yeah, yeah. The big the biggest problem for any quarterback is pressure right up in his face. In his face. So right that's the first face. place you want to protect. Exactly. So Kyler, I get Kyler, you know, because I, I, I mean, you think about it. Okay, say they are able to, say they draft CeeDee Lamb, and then they go offensive line late, and they develop the guy, and, you know, by midseason, he's where he needs to be, or whatever the case may be. That's, and that's fine. That's a good, that's a good situation, right? That's uh-huh. a great situation, but it's not, a, it's not an ideal situation. For, I always think about the fact that people say, well, why would I pass on CeeDee Lamb? To take Jalen Rager in the second because the talent drop off is so much. Okay, um, I get it. I mean, from a from an actual talent standpoint, it's really not. Um, you know, from an athletic traits, no. See, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Jalen Rager is pro- is a way better athlete completely than Judy and Ceedee Lamb, um, mm. and everything. So, if he irons out his game, you can't tell me that that Jalen Rager doesn't have number one. Uh, receiver abilities and, and potential. Mm-hmm. So, but the, with the offensive line is a little different. If the the, the drop off and we can see it, ask Giants fans the drop off between Big Q Quentin Nelson and the drop off from him to Will Hernandez to is, Will Hernandez it, it, huge it's insurmountable. It is huge. So, granted, Will Hernandez is still a good player. He's not Big Q. Yeah. you know what I'm saying. He's not yeah. Big no. Q. No. So with the offensive mm-hmm. line, I get it. Yes, I can get. Josh Jones in the second round. I can get Prince, Tiga, Wagonu in, in, in the second or third round from Auburn. I, you know what I mean? I can get Lucas Nyang from TCU. I can get those guys, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe Austin Jackson falls to the second round. That's probably the better yeah. option. But at the same time, the talent drop-off from between them and Makai Becton and Jarek Wills and, 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 and Tristan Wirfs, it's, it's Andrew Thomas, that 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 talent drop off is, is big. So for me, I'd rather mm-hmm. go with the best offensive lineman and the best tackle prospect than Pastor going to be hoping the second and third round guy that I take develops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And plus, like, you got to let your guys develop too, because the Cardinals got Hakeem Butler and they got Christian Kirk and now they got, uh, now they got Nuke Hopkins. You got to let your guys sink a swing. You got to see about your young guys that you drafted first exactly. before you start drafting over them. So, mm-hmm. and, and, and first and foremost, you gotta protect your quarterback. Your biggest asset is your quarterback. Protect mm-hmm. that man. Don't have him back there. I mean, he can run. His running is a a threat and a weapon. Yeah. But you don't want him back there running for his life. You want to, right. you want him running when it's when it's good for the team. You don't want him running because Aaron Donald done whooped your center behind, and now he got to run for his life. You don't want mm-hmm. that. And, see, and, and he's a, and he's a way better passer than Lamar. So you definitely don't have to go that route. He he is a special. Pat throw of the football. He's a special mm-hmm. passer in my mm-hmm. opinion. And, yep. and one thing I keep telling people because I keep hyping up those Cardinals. Um, when you look at, like, we have not seen what that offense really will look like under Cliff Kingsbury until they can drop Kyler back 
and not have to worry about immediate pressure. Right. Mm-hmm. You, when you when they're able to do and that's without getting another receiver. They don't need another receiver. So you don't need to be land. That's just a luxury pick. That's just being yeah. um you know what I'm saying? You you, you got that stimulus check and it's like, man, you know, I got a seventy five inch T V at the crib. Let me buy eighty five curve though. <laughs> that eighty five curve looked pretty good. Meanwhile, <laughs> your your car needs uh new tires. You need an oil change. Yep. <laughs> you, you need mm-hmm. more you need other things. And that's what yeah. I look at with the Cardinals is while CD Lamb can learn how to beat Nuke Hopkins from actually Nuke from that real deal, Nuke Hopkins from the real Nuke Hopkins from the real like you know what I'm saying he walks in like hey you know I'm they called me DeAndre Hopkins uh, Junior like well I'm the real DeAndre Hopkins like you know uh-huh. what I'm saying you can learn from him but at the same time okay what about that what about the tires that you need that oil change you need to yeah, protect right. your quarterback be better right. with that don't 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 get don't get greedy. <laughs> Don't get greedy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You shop on the you shop on the budget. You make the splash. You make the splash move when you need to, but you don't need to do it right. You actually you've already done it. You suck. Do they have a Do they have a second round pick? Uh, no, no, they don't have a second round pick. I don't believe because they, mm-hmm. they traded that pick. For they traded that one for Nuke, right? Yeah, so they um, they drafted a receiver already. DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Right. So right. you're good. Yeah. Just get your offense. They drafted C D Lamb five years from now. Exactly. So yeah. get your get your offensive lineman, protect your quarterback. And I think when they're able to protect Kyler, I truly believe with the weapons they have, they go four or five wide, it's gonna be a problem for, for defense. Yeah. Those Serious NFC those NFC West teams, the Seahawks whose defense is kind of middle of the road, um, San Fran's defense is good, but they'll be tested. They will be tested by this offense. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I did want to say, um, in reference to a good fit for um, O.J. Howard, I think the Packers might be a good fit, too, for him, though. And I say that because we were talking about Aaron Rodgers and how he really doesn't use his tight ends. Mm-hmm. But I think that if he had one, he might have he might do something different, is my point. Because, um, like, even having a running game, it wasn't like he was against running the ball. Like, he had a running back. They did that a lot last year. Yeah. Um, you have your wide receiver. He's an elite wide receiver. But I think Jim, Jimmy Graham could have did more last year. They would probably would have been a better offense. I don't think that would be a bad look for him to actually get, like, a banky. They call tight ends the, the quarterback's bankies. Yeah. I think it would be good for uh, Aaron Rodgers to have that because that's something, to me, that he really hasn't, hasn't had over his career. And who do they bring in? Mercedes Lewis? I mean, come on. He's you know, so if you're going to bring him in, you can bring in OJ and, and give, you know, help Aaron Rodgers out some more. Because when you look around the league, at this point, a lot of a lot of quarterbacks had weapons. Like, yeah. you know, it's not just one person. It's not just a quarterback. Like Tom Brady, he needs all of that. He needs all To be that. able to compete with a Mahomes, if you still in the AFC, because of yeah. what they have going on and what the Ravens are trying to do. Like, our, our GM keeps saying he wants to make the Ravens offense – undefendable yeah okay we're gonna see you know so mm-hmm. if that's the road that they're going i think that that would be i mean with with Rodgers being older having a, a, a tight end like that would be a great help at this point in his career yeah. and, and it's crazy yeah. i'm looking at the numbers for jimmy graham remember jimmy graham spent two years um with the packers you know he wasn't healthy for majority mm-hmm. of the time he played 12 games uh in 2018 only 10 games last year but in in 2018 uh, he st- he started 12 games um, and started 10, sorry. Um, but he was targeted 89 times in 2018. Mm-hmm. Granted, mm-hmm. his catch rate was in the si- like 61 
60%, almost 62%. He only caught 55 of those targets for 636 yards, only two touchdowns. Uh, but mm-hmm. even this year, he was targeted like, this past season. He started 60 times. So Aaron Rodgers, like, he, he doesn't use – he's not – he has never been known for – uh, to be a high, uh, a guy that really likes the tight end, but he he liked Jimmy Graham and he tried to get Jimmy Graham mm-hmm. the football. So I I yeah. give him that. So I think you know when you bring up OJ Howard, OJ Howard to the Packers is not a bad move um, at all. I you know we talked about it off air, but the team I definitely think should make that move if he's available. I think the Tampa Bay Bucks should keep him, but if he's available, mm-hmm. I'm uh-huh. I'm Washington. I'm offering them a second to third rounder to see if I can pull pry him away. And I'm giving the like I said on Twitter, man. And this even goes for my team with the Patriots. It even goes for Jared Stidham. As much as I want Tua, now let me let me go ahead and say this now. If we if we somehow drafted Tua, I forget who Jared Stidham even is. He's not even a person. <laughs> um, he's dead to me. <laughs> he's, not, he's not even a person. Like uh, you know, what I'm saying who, who is that guy? You know, um, you know, I change up points, whatever. Uh, who? Uh, Jared from State Farm? Like, no. no. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, um, you know, it is what it is. So, but when I look at it, you know, I said on Twitter, when it comes to Wayne Haskins, any young quarterback, before you sell them and get away from them and, and trade them and move on, the only team I, I, I understood the concept was the Cardinals moving on from Josh Rosen because he just mm-hmm. did not fit what they wanted to do. He's not athletic yeah. enough to move around in that offense and create on his on his own. So I get that, mm-hmm. you know. But in Haskins' situation, I mean, he was playing with peanuts. Really, he was he, he was playing with, with a poor team. Uh, the yeah, Terry McLaurin and a bunch of other guys. Yeah, like Steven Steven Sims is a good young slot, but he's still developing. He's a young young yeah. guy. You didn't have much at the tight end position. So I'm just like, hey, mm-hmm. if I can give you a second, third round pick and go and grab O.J. Howard, now I have Terry McLaurin and O.J. Howard in Sims. Mm-hmm. And then you can still, hopefully, Kelvin Harmon, who hit, had a lot of hype coming into last year's draft, who fell to like the fifth yeah. or sixth round, maybe he becomes your big body possession guy. If not, if mm-hmm. you don't feel comfortable with that, draft you one. You have AGG. You have different guys in this draft class that you can get and add to this offense. Young quarterbacks, before you sit there and put blame on a young quarterback for all the offense's troubles, give him the necessary weapons for you to blame him for. If I Uh can put – like, I get people blame Baker last year when actually Baker didn't make a bunch of bad throws, but his his offense line was terrible. Now, you telling me you give Baker Dallas's O-line and he still throws 15 picks? Okay, then we have a problem, Baker. Like, we clearly have a problem, and it's you. It's you. You're the problem. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it's that situation, then cool. But when you have a guy playing in the offense that that lacks weaponry, the offensive line has no cohe- no cohesiveness and no cohesion. Your running, the, your running game is so in flux because either you're using Adrian Peterson or you're trying to use Darius Geis and then he gets hurt. You know, yeah, you don't know whether he's going to be there, be there for you or not. Yeah, you don't know what you're going to do. So I, I just look at it from the aspect of, and then your secondary was a, a work in progress. Um, so I think you know that's why getting Chase Young and and, and getting ready to Josh Norman because he just didn't fit what you want to do anyway. I think the defense uh-huh. would be better. Uh, hopefully the running backs can stay healthy so you can run the ball and help Dwayne Haskins, and then just mm-hmm. give him some weapons. If you do that and you give him a two year window and say, you know what, you are not my guy. Then you draft a guy. You draft your guy. There you go. 
Yeah. And the first steps of that is building a defense with they what they've done or they're doing. What they doing? Have a yeah. legit have a legit running game. That's you know that's how you protect the young quarterback. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Um, they got, I mean, yeah, they got a defense, but um, you start with the trenches, and that's where they need to start. Yeah, and I think they. Well, I don't. If they pass on Chase Young, I would be surprised. Me too. Oh man, they better I mean, not. They are. They are fielding off. They, they, the teams are calling them. Teams are calling mm-hmm. them. And here's the thing. Yeah. I, here's well, the they must I not be that how. They must not be that how him then. Teams are calling. They they they're supposed to no deal is imminent. They're not really looking to move. It would take. I think it would have to take that. <laughs> that uh, uh, Eugene, you posted the other day that New Orleans Saints uh, Ricky Williams type trade where they give. Yeah, yeah. If it's an offer that they can't refuse, yeah, then so like, then uh, they're gonna have to do it. You know, but if somebody if calls, if I'm the Redskins, if I'm the Redskins, I'm not. I don't think I'm trading out of the top five. Like I just need to. No. It, it depends on mm. where I'm picking it because I don't want to go too far back. They ain't. They ain't that good. Like, yeah. no, no, they need to not. get up there and get this on exactly. the impact. They need an impact player. So yeah. that's true. If I they mean, do, they better not trade out the top five. Like I said, the teams are calling. Um, and, and like I said, the, the, the risky part of that is if somebody, you can listen to the Dolphins. Like you can listen to the Dolphins or some of these other teams. Like, hey man, we just want to come up for a quarterback. Right. And what if they draft Chase Young? You're like, man, are you serious? Or you know, like, that, what, you know, what you, you know, you know that happened with um. The Ravens in Dallas, the year that we drafted uh, Ronnie Stanley, and they drafted Zeke, and then Jalen Ramsey was was there as well. Yep. Mm. Uh, we we were trying to move up to get Jalen Ramsey, mm. but I, I think Dallas, I think Dallas Thank thought God. we were going to move up and take Zeke, so we didn't trade with them, and and they everybody went how they went, and we ended up getting um, Ronnie Stanley. I think we was at six that year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So because it was yeah. between, I remember that because it was that was you know the whole debate of do you want Stanley or do you want Tunsil. And then that right. yeah. gas mask thing happened. The like, gas mask thing. Yeah, well, that was yeah. <laughs> But Ronnie, but Ronnie, Ronnie Stanley is he's a he's a John Harbaugh type of guy because I don't want to say John Harbaugh doesn't like dogs, but he doesn't like boisterous guys. Yeah, right. Or guys oh. with char- character issues. As he likes say. to quiet, put your head yeah. down type guy. Yeah, he does. Just, he doesn't like to, all of that. Come to work, work and go home type of guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we no personality. But we, but we like Doug, so that's like that's why. A lot of people, a lot of Ravens fans didn't care for Ronnie Stanley because we felt like he was soft. Like, yeah, he just he just didn't give off that. Like even Jo Jo would always smile, but he was a dog. Yeah, mm. Jo Jo be smiling in your face the whole time, but well, but you yeah. knew you couldn't mess with him. Yeah. You know, I'll, but I'll Ronnie Stanley, but Ronnie Stanley, <laughs> Ronnie Stanley, Ronnie Stanley is not bad though. Like, don't no. get it twisted. Last year to me, oh, he can play. He, he proved really that play. he needs to be. They, they need to pay him. I don't want to lose him, so we need to figure out a way mm. to pay him. Hey, it was uh, people. One thing is figure it out. One thing I always try to tell people, man, um, you you can pay quarterbacks all the money you want, but without an old line, they are nothing. I'm paying yeah, no, my yeah. tackles. I don't care what no one says. That's why I feel. Yeah. That's why I truly feel like the Titans are going. If the Titans struggle, losing Jack Conklin is going to show show a lot. I know they got Dennis yeah. Kelly, but still, I'm keeping and I'm keeping two All Pros. Mm-hmm. And I'm, what I'm doing, yeah. what I'm telling, and what I'm telling uh, Tannehill, get with it, or get gone, brother. Um, I'm and it's still, it. and it really, I'm and it really just depends guys. on. It still depends on the players, though, because one year we had Yonda and um, Osimhen Ko. They were yeah. up for contract at the same time. The Ravens were trying to make Ko the highest paid. Uh, what was he a left guard at mm. the time? But the Raiders offered even more money, so he left us to go with them. 
you know. So it's still going to depend on the players and what they oh, want. You can try. You could. You could try to play, play your tackles or your guards or whoever, but depends on what other teams, you know, what they're trying to do. And I don't even know what KO is right now. I think he was on the Jets, but he, I think they cut him. So I don't know what happened with him. He he had, he had a mighty fall. I don't know what happened with him, man. But um, he was a beast. He was. I mean, you look at. The, I mean, the, the thing the way I looked at that was like the Browns didn't pay out the Wazoo for. They didn't pay out. out, out at the Wazoo for Jack Conklin. They gave him a solid deal, and he took that. Yeah. I'm surprised, mm-hmm. actually, because um, he's a really good tackle. So I'm like – Very good player. Now, you know, you can – Baker, his right side taken care of. Now you got to use that 10th pick and get you a left tackle. For the left side. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and really make him comfortable. And, and the one, that's a, one thing I tell you, man, if there's any team I – know, I know Steelers fans are not going to hit this. I'm, I'm speaking just from – my my personal opinion If there's one team I think that if if they are right that can knock off your Ravens I think it's the Browns. Um, they got enough talent. They got they, too much talent. Um, you know, defensively they're a good team as well. They had a lot of injuries defensively last year. Mm-hmm. They I think they went like six weeks straight where two out of their three starting corners were out with hamstring injuries. Like the, the, it's, it's uncanny. Um, mm-hmm. You know the whole Miles Garrett thing that took place. When they, oh, you know, when, they had mo- when they had momentum, and they, oh, yeah. of course that happened. The biggest, the biggest thing the Browns need, the biggest thing they need, they need discipline. Yeah. Honestly, because I feel like yes. if they would have kept, um, what was the defensive coordinator name that, that took over? They kept, if they would have kept him, they would have been, like been better off. Been, been better off last year. I think, I think so too. he would have, he would have, he would have checked a lot of that stuff that was going yeah, on as the players running their mm-hmm. mouth and all the stuff that they was. I mean, the players to me, they created a whole lot of distraction between. Bacon, what he was saying in the media and what Odell was doing on the field and then what he was saying to me, it was just, it mm-hmm. was everything but football when it came to yeah. Cleveland. So yep. if they can get somebody to come in and like, like I say, John Harbaugh, John Harbaugh brought discipline to the Ravens, get a coach like that and I think you'll be fine. They'll be yeah, fine. I think so too. They, they, I definitely think, you know, they need, they need that discipline. Uh, hopefully Kevin Stefanski can bring that, but not even, but even then at the same time, if he doesn't bring it as a head coach, at least have a defensive coach or offensive mm-hmm. coordinator that can Somebody. come into the room and say, listen, you're Gain all being idiots. Mm-hmm. Like, let's stop yeah. what we're doing. <laughs> stop the nonsense. Like, we're losing. Like, mm-hmm. we, we can't win games like this. We can't win championships like this. They need some, mm-hmm. for me personally, they need someone from a winning organization to come mm-hmm. in and set some ground and just kind of set that ground that ground rules, the ground rules, the ground turf, everything. Just like, listen, mm-hmm. we can't. This, this is. I come from this organization. We exactly. Won this is not how you win football games, guys. Yeah. This right. is not how you. He, the they need somebody to. They need somebody to come in and show them how to win. Mm-hmm. And come in like a disciplinarian. This is what winners do. This is how winners practice. This is how winners work. This is how winners lift lift weights. This is how winners watch film. Mm-hmm. That's what they need because you know they so they scary? definitely got the talent. They actually should have made the move the Dolphins made, and they should have went and got Brian Flores. Brian Flores, yep. Brian Flores would have been the Dolph- perfect coach for them. Yeah, Dolphins are going to be better too. Brian Flores, I think that I think the Browns go to the playoffs with Brian Flores as their coach. Probably. I don't yeah, think Odell does the stuff that he does. I don't think Baker says half of what he says. Um, yeah, no. You know, I, I think they their mouths are shut, and, and, mm-hmm. and they play football, and they they go yeah, and I, they I, handle I agree. business. 
Oh, I, believe, yeah, I yeah. think I think you'll get a, a a real quiet brown team next year. Yeah, you can you can tell when players respect the coach. They don't yeah. act out like they do. That's what that's why the Dolphins played so hard down the back end. People were like, mm-hmm. "Oh, Mika don't want to be there, and, and Rashad mm-hmm. Jones don't want to be there, and Kenya Drake don't want to be there." No, it was just the fact that those guys didn't want to keep losing. Right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They, you know what I'm saying? Those guys. It's, it's one thing to lose. It's nothing to lose kind of with a purpose. Continuously. Okay, we're, we're losing, understanding that there's yeah. a bigger picture, right? So, we're, yeah, we're losing yeah. games right now. And I get it. You're competitive. But we got to get a quarterback. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We, we don't and, and you can't knock them. We can't get one. Yeah, you can't. And you can't knock them either way. The organization yeah. has a plan. They needed a quarterback. A player, you know, they don't want to sign up for the tank job. That's fine. That's mm-hmm. fine. We, we get you out of here. We're going and we're going to get a, a boatload for you. I mean, it's and the, no, Dolphins, it's, the Dolphins had a lot going on last year, too, with that whole they did. Uh, Jay-Z mess and playing the music in the practice. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a lot. Oh, yeah. Kenny Stills. Yeah, I remember that. Yep. Yeah, that oh, yeah, yeah. On. That's right. I forgot about that. So, who knows how it would have worked out. But he, he, he seems like he could have had them together. Who was their coach named? Kitchens? Oh yeah, he's Freddie like he Kitchens. He seemed like he would have been a, did a better job than Freddie Kitchens did. Because um, mm-hmm. I guarantee, because the way that, the way that he came at Kenny Stills, I guarantee he would have been told, "Oh, go like relax, like all of these Yo. watches and everything you're doing." All, this the way he came at Kenny football. Stills was so savage. I was like, okay, it was. <laughs> and he and, look, and then he told him like, "I'm from I'm from what you're trying to say. You fighting for? You can't talk to me about nothing. Like I already know about police brutality and being mistreated and injustice. Like, come on now, what? Like, what's next?" Yeah, you know, you got you got you got to understand, man. The old heads and and, and the veterans and the OGs and the guys that that came before you, they went through it. What you went through before, yeah. so way you know, worse. Instead of trying to create this like this type Division. of hostility, you're like, hey yeah. man, like how should I go about this in the activist aspect? How should I get yeah. better with what we're doing? So. And that's and and just not to stay on this topic, but that's really what bothered me with the whole Steelers thing. Like like rivalry aside, I like Tom um, Tomlin. You know, I watched the HBO special and I was like, he's really a cool dude. He's a cool yeah. dude. But when I looked at how the the players acted there, they made him look mm. really really bad. Yeah, they did. Because he did. as a black man, people look. I mean, you would they you would feel that way about any coach, like we said about Freddie Kitchens. But when you look yeah. at him, like you a black man, he's a black player, and they have no respect for you. Yeah, you know, they it's acting the same out. Thing. It's the same thing that happened with the Dolphins last year. You can't stand there and let them have all this back and forth and, and demanding what they want. You got to put your foot down and say, mm-hmm. I'm the boss. You go. Whether, people, whether mm-hmm. people like Belichick or not, that's basically how he ran runs the Patriots. It's like, do do your job. I'm going to help you do your job, but you got to make sure you do your job. Don't worry about exactly. how I'm doing my job. These are the rules. Do this. Don't do that. If you don't like it, you can leave. Yeah. And that sometimes you gotta be like that. Well, that's what yeah. that's what happened after the Ravens Super Bowl too. Because I was mad about a lot of the guys that we that we traded or just flat out released. But that's because they were going back and forth with John Harbaugh. You won a Super Bowl, you you can you can do a whole lot. You can, you can have do a whole what you lot want. of say. And that's yeah. what ended up happening. It was like okay, Man. John Harbaugh or every or Pilot or Bolden. Like he didn't want all of that. And it happens like that when you get a, a strong minded coach. That's about what they're about. They're not going to mm-hmm. put up with all that foolishness. No. Nope. Not at all. Not at all. Um, but the last thing we're going to do is make NFL draft bowl predictions. Now, I told both of you I wanted to go first. Because, <laughs> because, because I don't want y'all trying to take my shine. <laughs> but no, 
So I was looking back over the mock draft that you guys did um, earlier this week, and I noticed that we had Judy, Lamb, and Ruggs going back-to-back. And then we also had, um, was it uh, Justin Jefferson and um, Denzel Mims going in the first round. Mm-hmm. My bold prediction is that. Now, I'm kind of on a fence about both of them because I've been doing a whole lot of reading and, and watching different film on them. Jalen Rager and um, uh, T. Higgins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, when I look back at the mock draft, we had um, Jordan Love going to the Patriots at 23. My bold prediction is, and I'm saying these two because I feel the same way about both of them, and I'm saying this because a lot of people are saying that they're more or less second-round picks. They don't see them going in the first-round pick. As, I mean, in the first round. Not, I don't see Jordan Love going the first round at all, and I told you guys I'm interested in him as well. But my bold prediction is that Rager or Higgins, will both, will be gone in the first round. Mm. I, like I believe that. that. I like that. I believe, and, the, I, and the reason I'm saying it is because I was looking back, like I said, I was looking at our mock draft, and even though you got, we, people were telling me that um, the Titans can get away from Tannehill's contract after this one year, mm-hmm. looking at them and they're like they picking 29th, I think they could do a whole lot better with another court, another wide receiver versus bringing in another quarterback. True. Because even if all else fails with Tannehill this year, you think about it this way: you have um, Jameis is going to probably be out there. Like I don't see, I see Jameis and Cam like signing similar type of deals with organizations. Yeah. Like either it's going to be yeah. a two to three year deal where they can get out within a year if they want to. Mm-hmm. And that way you're keeping your options open. So I think that Jordan Love will not go in the first round as we had in our mock, but I do believe mm. that Rager or and or Higgins will go in the first round. And I'm looking at the Titans as a spot for either one of them. Mm. Oh yeah, I believe that. I believe it. Um, I know for a fact that the Eagles like Jalen Rager. Mm-hmm. They they like and they they might even take him at twenty one. Eagles got a group of about six or seven guys that they like, and Jalen Rager is one of them. And uh, his uh, his dad Monty Rager was a defensive end for the Eagles, mm-hmm. and his his dad and our wide receivers coach is buddy's buddy, so they talk on the phone every week. Okay. So mm-hmm. yeah, so the Eagles know about Jalen Rager. Yeah, I, I I can see that happening. I can see that happening. Um, uh, I saw uh. I saw a report from a reporter that I trust says that uh, Jalen Rager's draft range is between 21 and 35. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, late first, early second. So, right. yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Jalen Rager went in the first round. What about T. Higgins? T. Higgins, maybe. Um, I'm not totally in love with T. Higgins. I think he's a second-round talent, mm-hmm. um, but I could see some team – because I think I mocked, I mocked Denzel Mims to the Vikings, and mm-hmm. that could easily switch, be switched, and it'd be T. Higgins. Like I think they're like similar players, mm-hmm. so I could see a team falling in love with with T. Higgins and taking him in the first round as well. But more so, I think Jalen Rager. I think I think T. Higgins falls a little bit just for the fact that he didn't work out in the BS explanation that he gave. Uh, for not working out, yeah. mm-hmm. I think that I think that makes him fall a little bit to the second. Yeah, okay. I, I, so, like, I like that a lot, though, Shannon. I mean, <laughs> listen. I was uh, waiting for you. Like, I was waiting for you to say something. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that a whole lot. I mean, I personally, so I, I not play, not as actual players. Well, kind of. But when I look at Jordan, uh, when I look at Jordan Love, I look at him the same uh, way I looked at Drew Locke last year. 
Didn't have a great uh, year coming into the draft. Extremely talented, elite arm talent. Both were mm-hmm. both are mobile quarterbacks, but both had first round talk, right? Um, when I was in Indy, I, I was you know just you know being there at the draft last, being at the combine last year, there was some things I did here, and there was a lot of talk. And I remember uh, putting it on social media that there because everybody was saying, well, everybody was pinning. Haskins to the Giants. Remember that was going mm-hmm. on there for a while at one point? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I came back and I was like, hey, from what I heard, Haskins is not going to the Giants. Yeah. It's more so they're looking at Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. And, and they were smart to do that. Right. So, <laughs> so <laughs> and Drew Locke fell to the second round. Um, and he's a, and he's, he was a good prospect. He still fell to the second round. I look at Jordan Love in a similar eye in a similar eyesight. Both mm-hmm. players had first round hype, but I see a mm-hmm. strong chance where Jordan Love could truly fall down. Mm. If Tua falls, if Tua somehow falls, and mm-hmm. they, they, I, even even though with the injury, I don't see a team saying, "You know what? We're going with Jordan Love over Tua." I just don't see that. So. For me, it's just more so. I look at it as you got to go with uh, if he falls to the second round, I wouldn't be shocked. And I think it's perfect for the Colts because the Colts have a second round pick, have like two second round picks, and they don't have to trade back up. But I, mm-hmm. I, I really like that because I, I truly could see a uh, opportunity where he falls, and if he does, I kind of think it shakes a lot up because it's just like well. All right, where is he going then? Like, you know what I'm saying? If, if, yeah, like where is he going to go? If the Raiders pass on them with their two first-round picks, then you have the Patriots who pass on them. If the Saints pass on them. You then it's like it's a free-for-all. Yeah, it's a free-for-all. Yeah. It's a free-for-all, and he's going to fall to the second round. And, you know, the, the, the Colts are looking like, well, uh, we really don't have to worry because we have, like, the second or third pick in the second round. So yeah, we don't have to move up if he's going to keep falling. You know, Kansas City's not drafting them. You know, San Fran's mm-hmm. not drafting them. San, mm-hmm. be honest with you, San Fran, I think it's going to trade out. I think San Fran is going to move that Probably. thirty-first pick and they, move out of the They're going to trade out of one of those picks. Yeah, I definitely think that. But I, I, I love that scenario. I love that scenario a lot, Shannon. Eugene, I'm gonna give mm-hmm. you the floor. What is your bold prediction? Uh my bold prediction is that Chase Claypool will go higher than a lot of people think. I say maybe like in the second round. Mm. But they're going to put him at tight end. I think a lot of teams got him as their tight end number one, and they're going to try to talk him into uh, playing tight end for them. And that's what's going to get him drafted high. Because if if you're looking at him as a wide receiver, you're talking about third round and down. But if you're looking at him as a tight end, this guy's a second round talent, maybe even a late first, because you got different people covering him. He's gonna put up monstrous numbers with with people with like linebackers and safeties covering him as opposed to cornerbacks. So I think uh I think I think the league is looking at Chase Claypool uh differently than what the media and the fans are. And I think he I think he goes higher than what we think. I like that. I definitely have Chase Claypool. As a t- I have him as a tight end hybrid. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I think, and I, and I, and I, I say that because I don't think 
that he's a situation a player that can't that he cannot win against uh, NFL corners. I think he, it's, you know, he can find some success, but I feel like using him as a matchup piece, that chess piece against defenses, mm-hmm. against those safeties, against those linebackers, that to me is the better of the two options. Use him yeah. as a tight end primarily. Like I said, I look at Darren Waller, and he to me he's a new prototype. We talk about it, we've been talking about it for months now. I want a mm-hmm. Darren Waller type of, of a tight end. That 6'5", 6'6", 240, 4'4", running. I want that guy because yeah. you can't tell me. That's a mismatch. Yeah, that's a mismatch. How many linebackers are going to be able to run with him? And then how many safeties are going to be able to manhandle him and handle mm-hmm. him in, in the tight window, in the coverage window, in the contact window, in the strike window? His his catch radius is ridiculous. So, okay, I get you downfield on that post route. Against the Jamal Adams, as much as I love Jamal Adams, I'm going to take my chances throwing up, throwing it up to Big Boy Darren Waller. Yeah. So, I think Chase Claypool should be in that same, in that same type of uh, of mold. Yeah, I think so because with him is, I think where are you best suited at? Like, okay, you can be an average wide receiver, but you can be a great tight end. So I'm going to put you at tight end where you where you're the mismatch where you where people will have a problem with you at. So I'm not going to put you at at wide receiver where people know how to how to cover you. I'm going to put you where people don't know how to cover you where you're a mismatch at. And it just it just makes sense. I like why try to why try to force something that that really isn't there because I mean he can play wide receiver. He's okay, but you know you're not expecting routes. He's going to be a contested catch wide receiver. He's got a little bit of downfield speed, but you know defense is going to adjust to that. They're going to know, they're going to figure out what he is. But if you put him at tight end, now yeah, you got a real problem. So yeah, that's my bold prediction. Like Look, that. when you talk when you talk about uh, Waller, make sure you give John Harbaugh his credit because <laughs> because he switched him from wide receiver to tight end. Ah, he told him that he thought that would be a better fit for him. And look at you bragging. You you want somebody to be like Waller? Go ahead, John. Oh my god, he was the one that had the vision. Shout out to John. Give my shout to John. Shout out to Harbs. Shout out to Harbs. With my bold prediction, it's a it's a two parter. It's a two pieces. You know what I'm saying? Um, I am going to say with the offensive line. Offensive tackle. I'm going to go off. No. Mm. Offensive line together. Oh, that means tackles and interior. And receivers. In the first three rounds, we're going to see double-digit prospects drafted out of both position groups. So I think we're, we could see between rounds one and three, we could see up to 15 receivers off the board. Mm. And with mm-hmm. the offensive line between rounds one and three, we can see anywhere from ten to twelve offensive linemen off the board. This this it. class is, to me, offensive from an offensive line standpoint. This class is better than people know. And I know, it's, I know, it's like the people people think, okay, it's going to be a run of tackles at the top. But I'm not just talking about the run because that that can go six six deep in the first round, mm-hmm. right? I'm talking about that second and third. Wave this offensive, mm-hmm. this offensive line group is a really good offensive line group. As a, a I mean, it's 11. five deep at the first round already. Yeah, like mm-hmm. it's five, six deep just at tackle. 
You know, you think about Cesar Ruiz and Lloyd Cushenberry and Damian Lewis and Tyler Tyler from uh, I cannot pronounce his last name from Wisconsin. Oh, Tyler Badass. I just yeah, call him Tyler yeah, Badass. Tyler Badass. <laughs> so it's because like, <laughs> I think his last name is Badass or something like that. Be, yeah, um, something like that. Um, so it, it goes it goes deep. Matt Hennessy and Matt and Matt Pert at, uh, from um, from uh, oh, Connecticut. Love him. Like from it, UConn, you love yeah, him. From, yeah, you. Yeah, it's, it's just. It's so deep, and I think you could truly see with the premium needing uh, a teams needing offensive line. I, I would not be surprised to see a team double dip. You know, maybe grab one if a team needs one early. They can grab one in the first, second round. But come round mm-hmm. three, four, and five, if there's another quality one on the board, I would not be surprised to see teams double dipping. At honestly, at both positions. Think about the Texans. Why wouldn't the Texans try and grab a, a T. Higgins in the second round or Denzel yeah. Higgins in the second round, and then back come back up in the fourth or fifth round and get another yeah. t- get another receiver because um, they need receivers. So I think you can see anywhere. For, I think we I predict we're going to see twenty receivers within the first three rounds and twelve offensive linemen in the first three rounds. I yeah, that. I'm. I'm just thinking off the top of my head. I'm counting about 17 wide receivers in the first three rounds that I that I believe wow. are, for, are top three round talents. I mean, and that's a ton. Yeah, that is a that's ton of guys. It's really, it's so really a lot. They are telling me the Ravens want to get another wide receiver. Oh, easily. I think y'all do. Um, Probably, yeah. <laughs> I, I think y'all get y'all get yourself a capable, uh, bigger window. Kind of, you know, big, big catch radius See, type that's of why, guy. And I, honestly, I guess for me, I I want T. Higgins. Like, the more I look at the draft, and I know that certain guys are going to be gone before we have opportunity. I'm not saying that the Ravens should get him when we pick at, when we pick at 28. I don't know if he's no. going to be available. So, I don't think we should do that. But because what, what I was looking at earlier, it was saying that but they were rating, like, the 10 top um, wide receivers in the draft. And T. Higgins came in number one at contested catches. Mm-hmm. And they were just mm-hmm. saying that, um, you know, he is the best combination of high point and a contestant, contest, catching contested balls. That's something that the Ravens really haven't had since, like, Anquan Bolden almost. And when he was here, he was on the tail end of his career. And I always wanted Joe Flacco to have a wide receiver that he could grow with. And he never got the opportunity to do that. So I'm hoping that we can do that with Lamar, like, put more guys around him that he can grow with. Yeah. But that can do things like that, like catch the ball in tough situations, because that was part of the issue last year. You locked up Mark Andrews, you locked up Hollywood, really, and it's like, now what? Yeah. There's nothing mm-hmm. else offensively. Yeah. So I, I can see I, T. I Higgins working there. Yeah, I, I'm kind of like, eh, I'm kind of leaning towards wanting T. Higgins somehow, some way. But we'll it, it was it was hard for me not to, in my in my mock draft that's going to come out, should be out tomorrow before the draft. It was hard for me not to mock T. Higgins to you guys. I was so tempted mm. in that first mm-hmm. round. That pick 20, it makes I was sense. Like, man, T. Higgins, Hollywood, Mark Andrews, like that mm-hmm. is with, with Lamar Jackson, that is a good way to kick off. Makes a lot of sense. And really help his development because you got the mm-hmm. speed guy, you got the guy that's going to control the middle of the field, then you got right. that guy that's going to win downfield and go up and get the football. Um, right. You know, not saying that Lamar Jackson is completely inaccurate, no. But at the same time, it is something he's working towards being more yeah. and more mm-hmm. accurate. But having exactly. somebody that you could trust to put that right. ball yeah. into, I mean, Joe Flacco had listen. Part of Joe Flacco's run when he won, when y'all won the Super Bowl, was trusting Anquan Bolden. He threw the yeah. ball to Anquan Bolden religiously, and he, yeah. he and sometimes you need guys that's yeah. going to make a play for you. 
Yeah, exactly. and they did, and they did, and that was the good thing about that particular Super Bowl run or that playoff run because they were catching passes. If you think about years before that, we every playoff game we lost, it was due to a catch, a late catch. TJ, I don't even know how to say his damn last name. He dropped it with the Steelers. Um, then who was it the following year? Um, I forgot because they make me so mad. But we we kept losing based on drop passes, and then when that 2012 season came, it was, oh. Goddamn Lee Evans. How I forget about Lee Evans. Lee Evans. Anyway, <laughs> but after that, even, after, even after that season, he came back. That was the difference. Like, um, Jacoby was catching balls. Bolden was catching balls. Piddle was catching balls. Torrey Smith was doing what he could do here and there. So, I want that for Lamar. I, I really, really do. I'm with you. Yeah. Best, the, a quarterback's best friend is, is weapons in the offensive line. You gotta, you got, when you got a young guy, you got to surround him with weapons. Because, like, you know, like Dame said, you can, you're not going to be able to evaluate him. Right, but yeah, that that makes a lot of sense because you got you got speed on the other side with uh, Hollywood Brown, and then you got your your volume catcher, your contested catch with T Higgins, and that's his specialty. He got long arms, he yeah. can jump, he mm-hmm. can make those contested catches. He that's a fit, and like nobody's yeah. gonna, and and you're not gonna you're not gonna be uh, the defense is not gonna put a top on your offense because you still gotta respect Hollywood coming right. over the top. Exactly. So he's gonna have a lot of space to operate. Yeah, that makes sense. It's hard to stack the box. It's hard to stack the box with Lamar's vulnerability. Exactly. Ingram, whatever other running back they want to have back there. So we'll Mm -hmm. see. We'll see. Um, but did you guys have anything else you wanted to talk about before the draft tomorrow? Um, just tell everybody, man, enjoy these next couple of hours because it's going to be a sight to see. We have our first virtual mock. Uh, virtual NFL draft. Um, this is what fantasy footballers have been doing for years now. So uh, it's going to be uh. a lot of fun to see. Uh, I think it was the Detroit Lions. IT, I think it's his, the IT guy for the, for the general manager. It's going to be outside of his house and in a Winnebago. In a Winnebago. <laughs> wow. Taking it back. <laughs> talk, about take, talk about taking the draft back. We going way back. Why? The Winnebago. Maybe back to 89. Yo, come on, baby! I can't like, wait to see how that's. Gonna work. I want to see how it's going to work out. The whole listen, virtual. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's, that's going to be, be interesting. Fun, man. And this this yeah. is a time we probably won't. Hopefully, we never have to go through this again due to a pandemic. But yeah. mm-hmm. let's just enjoy this for what it is. Have fun with this. Um, yes. NFL teams, please, no glitches. Dear God, we don't need. We don't okay. need that. Uh, we don't but, see no buffering signs. Right, we don't, yeah, we don't. <laughs> we don't want to see. Oh, this pick has been auto drafted. Like we don't want to see any of that. <laughs> <laughs> what if they had? What if they had to do that? That would be crazy. Oh my like, god! Like, well, next, next player, best player available. Here best player available. Like, oh, okay. So, uh, so the Falcons are taking Tua. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah. So Matt Ryan. Uh, your Nate, your days are numbered, buddy. Because uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> we can't trade them. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, that's the only thing I can say, man. You know, this is draft eve. You know, twenty four hours from now, the draft will just be keeping kick, kick just be kicking off. I'll probably be on live stream with going for two mm-hmm. and then getting ready for the live stream with the uh, draft dynasty draft room. But have fun, man. This is a you know, I listen. Yeah. I plan on having snacks and having food. Like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm man. Ready. Listen, I'm gonna have some. I'm gonna have some buffalo wings and some French fries. I'm gonna be sitting right in front of the TV. I'm gonna have my phone. I'm gonna have my laptop out. Oh, I'm gonna yeah. be arguing with people on Twitter and Facebook people, about what picks probably, and all of that. People I'm are probably it. looking forward to this because if you think back to the Super Bowl, 
we couldn't even really get excited for that because Kobe passed away. Yeah. So, like, oh, it didn't even that. seem like, like, nobody was really, like, excited for the Super Bowl. Like, we know it was coming, but you were still down for that whole week. So, I think mm-hmm. with, with all sports being gone for the past, what, six weeks almost, seems like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think everybody's looking forward to the draft tomorrow, regardless of what they saying on social media about not wanting stuff to open up and da 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 No, they, they want this draft. Hey man, keep, keep your keep <laughs> they, negative energy. Keep your negative energy. Right, right. keep that over there. I saw somebody that the other day, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to get this open. At your house, man. Don't, stop trying, listen, look, I, stop trying to be, like, be Debbie Downers, bro. Like, do your research. Like I keep telling everybody, listen, with the what they're showing you on, on TV, it, don't don't believe everything. Everything they're showing you, they're showing mm-hmm. you a lot of negativity. A lot, you know, this city has this many cases, this many people died. But then you actually do some of the research and you see, man, nearly 500,000 people have recovered from COVID. Yeah, I'm about to that's say, not, they're not showing who survived. That's something to, 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 to praise about, to be happy about. That yes. people are recovering from this thing, man. Because... Mm-hmm. It's not an automatic death sentence, ladies and gentlemen. It's not. It's not. No, an automatic you death can sentence, beat man. this thing. Like, come on, we 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 fight through so many different sicknesses and illnesses every year: cancer, diabetes, people mm-hmm. walking around here with you know with deadly STDs, deadly mm-hmm. sicknesses <laughs> altogether. Like, yeah. all these things going around, and we're just sitting here, just like giving up and throwing in the towel, like man. We're predicting second waves now. Like, what? The, what are we doing? Like, what? Right, like, no. Can we get through summer first? Yeah. Can we get through the first right? wave? Can, can, can we get through the first wave? Like, people, mm-hmm. oh, the second wave is coming. The CDC director saying that I pre- they're predicting the second wave in in winter. How? Okay, that's funny. You predicted the set the second wave. You couldn't predict the. Oh, you know what? Yeah. I mean, I'm just, just saying. But you just got you just got to let it play out. That's all. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just, just live, ladies and gentlemen. That's all we can say. And, and tell them, and tell them what to do. Using what they gotta do. Wash <laughs> your damn hands, <laughs> please and thank you. Wash it, please and thank you. Yes, twenty seconds, people. Twenty seconds. Yes. Wash your hands. You feel me? And wash your face. Mm-hmm. No people don't remember that. Wash your face. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's a shame that we gotta tell people that. Yeah, wash your face too. Okay, get it nice and shiny. Mm-hmm. Get it nice and foamy. You know, scrub all that stuff. Get it scrub. clean, baby. Before yes. you kiss yes. your husband, your wife, your significant other, your kids after you get home from work. Wash, Anybody? Man, shower. Okay. Yeah, clean it. Clean <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm just. All right, mm, all right mm, guys. Mm, mm, mm. Until next time. Peace, y'all. See y'all later.